0: Hello, hoteliers, and welcome to episode 202 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. And 202 is going to be a very special episode where we're going to be diving into the operations side of the business and how we can break down those silos between the ops guys and the marketing crew. Now, before we dive into the good stuff, I'm Pete DeMeo. I'm your host and your night auditor. And we also have Phil Fariska, our world-class head of housekeeping. Phil, how are those rooms looking today, man?
1: <laughs> Spotless, Pete
0: spotless that is perfect well uh hey we've got a big job at this hotel and we couldn't do it alone so we have a very special guest with us today so get ready for this it is the host of hotel management do's and don'ts on youtube a former ihd executive manager of billions and assets and the michael jordan of hotels it is mr bruce jordan bruce welcome to the show
2: thank you thank you for having me
0: absolutely so we are very excited about this uh you are a celebrity in the industry, and we've been enjoying catching up on season three of Hotel Management Do's and Don'ts.
2: Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. A, a lot of a lot of people don't realize like how much work that really is, like putting that whole thing together, especially like uh, a lot of the footage and stuff. You know, it's uh, it gets pretty intense at those properties. <laughs> I,
0: I would imagine so. I think a, a lot of people who you listen to the podcast and and you have the the video side, so it's even more difficult to to make it all work. But, uh, it's a lot of work. It's for, you know, a, a 30 minute show or, you know, even a couple minute show. It's a, many hours of, you know, grinding away at a, at a computer that nobody else gets to see.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, well,
0: perfect. Well, uh, yeah, definitely glad you're here. And if you're listening, you can follow along with the show notes, just go to travel marketing.com slash podcast and clip, click on episode 202. We'll have all the show notes there information about how you can start tuning into hotel management do's and don'ts on youtube and all the other ways you can get in touch with bruce and the rest of the crew here all right but before we dive into the big stuff we've got a a couple things of housekeeping uh, starting off with the newsaroos and and bruce i apologize but i have to sing this stupid song (laughs) <laughs> Every time, <laughs> so, so you have to listen to it live, and you're not going to be able to fast forward it like all of our listeners do. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> With hotel marketing, that cannot lose. Now it's time for news Yeah, <laughs> ruse Yes, I like that
1: beat, <laughs> Pete. I haven't, I haven't actually got to see you sing that in quite a while. <laughs> and now that we're doing video, I like it.
0: Oh, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so for all the listeners out there, we, uh, we're using a new recording system, and it gets us video. So in the future, we might be uh, either streaming our recordings or just giving you the the ability to also see us while we go through our hotel marketing shenanigans. But let's go ahead and jump right into the newsroom. Uh, so this one is from Hotel Trends, and the headline is, is daily housekeeping in hotels a relic of the past? I really think this article is pretty interesting. So basically what they're saying is once COVID hit and hotels really had to start changing some serious things on an operational side, many properties, Hilton being the, the leader here, went away from in-stay housekeeping and would only do room cleanups before and after a stay. Now that's been going on for a while and hotels, at least in some cases, have seen up to a 14% savings in overhead which is a huge savings for everybody. And they're seeing that customers really don't mind so much. So that raises the question, is this something that all hotels are going to begin to follow? We already have several properties doing that as already, including some that are incentivizing hotels or guests to opt to not have housekeeping during their stay for various incentives. But either way, the question is, is is housekeeping a thing of the past? And Bruce, you are the the guru on the operation side. I'd love to hear your comments on that one.
2: Well, you know it's so funny. Like uh, I just came from one hotel; they actually still stayed with their daily housekeeping. Um, I, I don't know why. And then I, I was at another hotel that completely banned it. No matter how long you stayed, uh, they didn't come in your room. They didn't clean your room. And they didn't do anything. Um, so as far, me myself personally, I wouldn't use uh, daily housekeeping. Just. Because I, I want to make sure that my staff is is, is safe, a, a better option maybe to go to uh, buy requests only. Because we we found out is that if a guest is staying a week, they really don't want their room cleaned every single day. They'll probably call maybe two or uh, once two or three times a week just to have their room cleaned. So it's easier to just do um, buy requests only and to supply them a number where they can text those requests to. So it limits the amount of communication and, uh, and uh, the product productivity that's at the front desk. So the desk could just, you know, a housekeeper can see the text themselves and just add them to the boards.
0: Well, so I know you have a lot of experience on the extended stay side as well. Correct. And that's something that's always been the case on the extended stay side. It'd be weekly or, you know, ever, you know, so many days. Did you ever see people get frustrated with the, with the lack of daily cleaning on an extended stay side?
2: only the ones that were new to extended stay and never stayed in this extended stay hotel before so you know they' they were questioning well how come my room wasn't cleaned uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday and we just had to let them know this is this is extended stay uh, we clean your room on this date and that date which should have been explained to them at check-in and they' they're usually they're usually fine with it
1: yeah I'll tell you I'll tell you what when I when I stay in a hotel I'm usually do not disturb on the door don't come in my room. I don't. I don't want it. I think the by request is. I I know I'm not the only one too. So by request to me seems like the future of this, um, allowing guests to dictate when they want their their room cleaned. Will definitely limit it because you're not cleaning rooms. You're you're not staffing up to clean rooms that maybe don't want to be cleaned, and really you're putting it in the guests' hands to, then you know, say how happy they are with, with the service. Cause if they say they don't want housekeeping, you don't provide housekeeping, they have no room to come complain to you about not getting housekeeping. So uh, I think it's going to eliminate some of those negative reviews as well. Um, while, you know, saving on overhead. I, I, I truly believe this. I think daily housekeeping is a thing of the past.
2: Absolutely. And then you don't have to worry about housekeepers putting uh, those DND on D and D signs in the door, themselves talking just because they don't want to clean the room. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a thing. They have too many rooms in the list. They say they got these stayovers and they got too many checkouts. So what they'll do, they'll just throw a D&D sign in the door on the stayover room like, hey, they didn't want to be disturbed. I didn't have to clean that room. <laughs> yeah.
0: Modern problems require modern solutions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, nice. Uh, well, good deal. So, yeah, so that was the, the news a for today. And we also have uh, one of our newer segments, the 60 Seconds to Success. And Phil, I put this one in here. Do you want me to take this one?
1: Yeah, I want you to take this one. This is a good one. and uh, And I think you should do it.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Well, so the way this works, Bruce, is I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, to share a marketing tip for our listeners. And if I don't get it done within 60 seconds, all hell breaks loose. I don't know what happens. We we haven't decided what my punishment is. I
1: chastise him a bit. Yeah, so all right, so
0: here we go. And this time we do have a countdown timer, so let's see how that works. Ready? All right, so we want you to fully explore what your PMS and booking engine can do to improve your conversion rate and your average order value. A good example of this is using the proper urgency messages that may and really should be built into your overall shopping and checkout process. For example, you know, if, if a room is popular or you have limited inventory, it really should be highlighted with some type of message to drive that potential guest to book it right away. You know, if it's you know two rooms left at this price or popular room going fast, whatever that message might be, it's gonna help push that person over the edge. Also, I would say look at your uh, additional services and add-ons. Don't think of those as an afterthought. It's a phenomenal way to drive a little bit more revenue than a typical room-only booking. Now, I would like to get into the second wallet and things you can do between the booking stay and the the booking and the stay, but I'll probably go over my 60 seconds and be in big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I made it. I made it. On the money.
1: On the money, (laughs) Pete. That was good. I slid
0: into home. (laughs)
1: That was, uh, and stood up afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) No, that, that one's, that one's awesome, Pete. I think that was a great 60 seconds of success. People can take that one to the bank. Um, and it nailed it right at 60 seconds.
0: I didn't practice. I kind of thought that was going to be close enough, but, uh, so Bruce, do you see that on on your side where uh, hotels on the property kind of phone it in, in terms of that online conversion event?
2: Yeah, I, I, they don't have enough call to actions. Like they, they, they really don't have enough call to actions. Um, I, I feel like they're just trying to dump the message out there and and hoping for the best. Like that's that's what I see. Yep.
0: Well, that is kind of what we see as well. And it's, it's one of the things that it's easy to fix. Many times you can put those things in place now, and you really don't have to think about them too much. They're all typically going to be automated in some form or fashion. So. You know, that really needs to be taken care of there. But uh, if you don't take the time to at least look at what your PMS and your booking engine specifically has to offer, you literally could just be leaving money on the table for nothing more than a couple minutes worth of work on your side. Or yeah. a quick call to your your booking engine provider because they built these things specifically to help you as a hotelier to do a better job. And they're getting judged on the success. so So they're going to be incentivized to make sure that you're using the platform that they built for you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I love that you were you referenced the urgency messaging, Pete. I think that that really gets into people's brains. We know it does. I mean, the psychology proves it. We've seen it. We see the biggest OTAs use this type of urgency messaging, and it works. People book because they feel like they have to, or they're going to miss out. And then, you know, you can worry about that. You mentioned second wallet at the end there, but you can worry about that later. You know, after the fact. You can hit that second wallet with with add-ons and services. And did you know you could upgrade your room? Did you know you could add the spa package? Um, we've talked about that in the past quite a bit. And, you know, make sure you get the booking first and then really hammer home the add-ons after you make that initial booking because it's a lot easier to dig into that second wallet than the first wallet.
2: Very
0: For much sure.
1: so. For sure.
0: All right. Well, we have one more... Little piece of housekeeping before we dive into the the good stuff with Bruce here, Phil. You've got yourself a stat of the week.
1: Yeah, got? I got uh, the the latest um, Google's holiday travel insights came out. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna read a little quote here to you. Uh, what Google has come up with is, on average, 45% of travelers said they plan to travel within their own countries in the early fall. Eight percent plan to travel internationally. And when it comes to holiday travel, 30 to 40% will plan trips a month or more in advance, while the majority will make plans less than a month ahead of time. So 30 30 to 40% of people looking to book early, uh, make sure you're capitalizing on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday type deals. Um, Understand that your booking window will lengthen a bit uh, right around this time of year. all of this is, is kind of coinciding with the data we saw from the survey, Pete. Um, 45% of travelers said they, said they um, plan to travel within their own countries and only 8% internationally. Um, and we found that even more are, are willing to travel within an, an hour or so of their, their residence. So um, all of what Google has put out coinciding with our survey data and and the one that they covered here that we didn't cover was extended booking window coming up here in Let's let's say end of October, early November, right? For sure, for sure. As far as
2: Black Friday, uh, what have you seen work the best? Like uh, I I've seen hotels um, give out twenty five dollar gift cards for ten dollars. Uh, so,
1: we we what we do from the marketing side is uh, try to combine all of the marketing messaging. Um, from Facebook to YouTube to display to search um, we, we push the same special uh, and then we'll we'll create an, an urgency message here it'll be almost be like a countdown timer we've even run countdowns to when the sale starts mm-hmm. so then you know we get people really excited about it and they definitely come back when the sale starts we've seen that work really well um, but since we've started this Cyber Monday type of, uh, promotion, man, Pete. I don't even remember how many years ago it's been since we started this online promotion for it. Uh, it has, you know, really just blown it out of the water. And, and we we pose it as for a lot of our clients, the best deal of the year. Like this mm-hmm. is the the biggest savings you're going to get on your summer vacation next year. And people will buy it. They already have their wallets open. They're looking for you know Christmas gifts. Well, guess what? You can open up a Christmas gift that is a summer vacation. There you go, and people do people do it uh, a lot. And guess what? That gets the hotel, you know, uh, more occupancy. They can yield up rates later on. This it it works for everybody. It works for the customer. It works for the guest. Um, and it can it can legitimately be a a present if you want to make it one.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything that we've seen for the hotels that have adopted this, the first year is okay. You know, they'll do some. They'll do more bookings than usual, but it's the second, third, and fourth year where it's just through the roof. It is the biggest booking day for accommodations for many of the properties that we manage.
1: And 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 we we prime them. We prime them through email. We're saying, you know, so your email messaging saying, hey, this sale's coming. And then if they start your brand, it says, hey, the sale's coming. And then when the sale starts, maybe it's only two, three days long, almost like a flash sale, right? You have 72 Mm -hmm. hours to book. And- people are afraid of missing out on that deal and they, yep. and they buy it and it it just, it works so well for, for, you know, finishing out the year, making sure that, uh, you know, your, your, your profits for the year are looking great. And then again, you can yield up in the summer cause you can set those, you know, purchase the, this, this is for dates X to Y, you know, book that summer vacation now. Whatever mm-hmm. it may be for you, it's it's huge.
2: Well, the I mean, for for me, it'd be the fact that it's prepaid, so you know, I, it'll give me a little cash flow for for the the upcoming uh uh debt months, which is usually January. So exactly. <laughs> damn straight. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Beautiful. I think honestly,
0: that's one one of the biggest benefits of it is one, it lets you finish the year super strong. Two, it lets you get your repeat guests booking at your property way before they start even looking at the competition. Now, I think the caveat to that is you better offer the best rate you're going to offer all year round Mm because everybody's going to free cancellations and it's not helpful if, you know, you think you have money in the bank and then, you know, that marketing guy has a great idea of undercutting your Black Friday offer and and now you're offering refunds and reselling the same room for less.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. If you're going to say it's the best deal of the year and the best rate they're going to get, just like many you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, offers are, be true to your word. That better be your best deal and understand what you're going to get out of it down the road. Absolutely. Love it.
0: All right. So that takes us through the housekeeping and on to I think what everybody really tuned in for is, Bruce, to hear you kind of share what we need to be doing from the operations side and the marketing side to break down these silos and make sure that operations is supporting marketing and marketing is supporting operations. I think you have, you of all people know this better than anybody. So and, and we've always strayed away from really getting into the operations side on the podcast because we're all, you know, wearing the marketing hats and, you know, busy building the bricks on our little silo to keep you operations people out. But we want to break them down now.
2: <laughs> for sure for sad. sure you know I, I feel like it's so sad because I, I feel like so much can be accomplished if uh if 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 that communication was just there and uh it, it seems like everybody's like in a corner doing their own thing and even though you're right next to each other everyone's in the corner doing their own thing and they're so busy on their screen that they if you if we just come together, we'll get a hundred times more done and be a hundred times more effective um, by working together versus you know saying, hey, this person doesn't understand this part of the business and this person doesn't understand my part of the business, so we, we could just never we could just never make it. Um, mm-hmm. I see the the, the the worst one I see right now is um, revenue management. I don't see revenue management communicating with marketing very well. And, uh, and when I, when like, they see that how that their pacing is, is, is really low for a certain day, certain week, certain month, and there is no communication with marketing saying, Hey, we need an offer for this particular month or we need an offer for this particular week because we're pacing low and we're pacing slow. So, you know, especially when it comes to, um, uh, franchise hotels that has, uh, rewards and, and everything else, like. They can give something just specific for people that are are rewards members, no matter what their status is, and take advantage of that. They have a whole list inside of their PMS system of all the rewards members that checked into their hotel. What are you doing with it? You know those people are going to be coming back because they they want the points uh, that Mm -hmm. comes with the room. So if you do something just for them, you know, that you have a, a 80% chance of getting them back into the hotel. Um, but like I said, the, the revenue managers aren't communicating communicating with the marketers. So that's just money that's just
1: left on the table. And, and, and is never removed. So yeah, we we can completely agree. Uh, we get this all the time, <laughs> where it's last minute, they step in and say, Hey, we're really we're really soft for this weekend, what can we do? I, I don't know. Maybe you could have told me, you know, last month that you were you were going to be struggling, you know, in the, in the next week, coming weeks. We could have pushed a little harder. We'll, we're willing to spend a little more to bring in that bring in that booking uh, to make sure we have a full room, um, you know, to to get that extra direct booking for you. We we get this all the time, and and I agree with you completely. I I think the more communication. That us as marketers have with revenue management have with all the way up to to GMS. You know, let's 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 hear what what do you need, and that's what we're here for to help. Um, being in the different silos, we'll we'll miss things. We'll miss things like, okay, maybe they they thought the solution was you know creating a discounted rate. Well, if you're running a discounted rate, guess who can tell people about that discounted rate? Mm-hmm. Your marketing team. There you go. So, you know, just let's let's talk. And so, so
0: why is that? I mean, what I, I know every time we, we bring this up, I feel like you get a little surge in communications between the marketing team and revenue management team, or whomever on the operations side. I mean, what's the solution long term so that that silo stays broken down? Is it uh, is it a dozen donuts every Friday and hey, we're <laughs> gonna talk about this stuff? Or what needs to happen?
2: To be honest, I think the best thing to do is walk them through a campaign because they don't know what it takes to create a campaign. That's why they're calling you like one hour before at 12 o'clock at night the day before saying, hey, you got one hour to put a campaign together to run tomorrow. You know, that's that's what it is. So if you walk them through what it takes to create a campaign so they can see how long it takes, they know why they can't do that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I think the other thing too is, from a marketer's perspective, you know, feel like you said, if they tell us an hour away that they need they need help, a lot of times our marketing is built out. You know, at least you know months, if not you know even further months. out. Yeah, and, and, and
1: we know what the booking window is too, right? So if the booking window, while well, we know it's shrinking, right, but we know even if it's seven days, well then I need at least seven days to yeah. to get you a campaign. So the day of is already too late i need i need a week in advance i need two weeks in advance to to build out the messaging build out the campaign Mm -hmm. and get this thing rolling so you're it's you know you're not you're not relying on you know dumping rate and putting it on hotels tonight well i think that's
0: what the danger
2: is right yeah
1: yeah the the hotels tonight is very dangerous but at the
2: at the end of the day i guess what makes it really hard for the revenue manager is that They can't go off of 2020 numbers, so only thing they really, as far as historically, only thing they really got to go off of is 2019 and and past, so they they can only use 2019 and past, and then, of course, they have what they're pacing um, on their forecast and their own pickup report, so you know, not not no one's ever had to do revenue management missing a whole year before. So, like that is unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's happened. It didn't even happen in nine eleven. It didn't happen in two thousand eight. Like they're they're missing a whole year. Like,
1: so, and we're not knocking revenue managers, yeah. right? What what we're trying to do is um, get them on board with at least understanding what it takes from the marketing side. And if you're the person coordinating your marketing efforts and your revenue management efforts, if you're that GM, set up a you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly meeting, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. get them talking, get your get all of your departments talking, it's going to help your whole operation in the long run.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the only way the revenue management has access to the property's owned assets. You know, if it's, you know, this you know, social, if it's email, if it's the website, whatever it might be. So yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the marketing team being the one to to reach out and consistently say, okay, how can I help you? You know, where are we short? Where do we need to focus on? Because from a marketer, you're like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. Let's focus on a Valentine's offer. Do you need to? Yeah. Or are, are you, you full? Or is that <laughs> care? You know, it's, it's fun to do. Social, I think we should put out, you know, a heart on the sand for Myrtle Beach, but that may not be necessary.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great so, point. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: Uh, well, good. So, right. so the, the the first one you had was great communication with revenue management. What's something else that we can be doing to uh, to break down the, these barriers?
2: Great communications with sales, especially when it comes to retargeting. Uh, a lot of times, sales will lose contracts with um, with with big companies, big corporations. They they'll use they'll lose a bunch of business, um, and for, with a, with this company, and they don't realize they can retarget them. So, and they don't let the marketing department know like, Hey, I need you to retarget this company because what's going to happen is they're going to lose that contract. They're going to go someplace else. They're going to send their their people someplace else. They're not going to like the hotel that they they sent it to because they're already used to that particular location. And if we're not constantly putting a sign in front of their face saying, Hey, don't forget about us. Hey, remember us. Hey, remember you loved us. If you don't give that to your marketing department to do you, how are you going to get that that client back? So that lack of communication between sales and marketing it makes no sense to me. I, I still I still don't get it. Like I guess because in, in most, especially like smaller hotels, sales and marketing is together. So they're like, I'm the problem to my own solution, <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. the solution to my own problem.
0: <laughs> but you did know, that's so interesting because yeah, you know, for, for the clients who have us do their, their marketing more or mm-hmm. less. That's something that we really never talk to our clients about is, you know, on the group sales side, you know, where are the struggles? Mm-hmm. Because that's something that doesn't really take place online. That's a relationship system. But if I were able to get the, the list from the sales team mm-hmm. and set up the proper retargeting campaigns or proper drip campaigns, wherever it needed to be done. All right. So if you're listening to the podcast, that alone was a, uh, was worth worth the that's the (laughs) right i
1: and, and again from from the the tactical marketing side to to actually retarget these people we need a fairly significant list but if it's a large enough large enough group company whatever we can still input as many email addresses as we can gather um we can we can find people in unique ways what i hate to hear is one of our clients coming to us and said man, this group canceled on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get the group business that we thought we were going to have this year. Well, you didn't tell me about it. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's break down that silo, right? <laughs> tell me about it in advance and we'll do what we can to, to to bring that group business back to you. So that's that's a huge one. Love that, Bruce. So the, the
2: next one is employee testimonies. Um, people want to know who's working for you. They want to know, one, if you're hiring someone, they want to know how the employees that are there already feel, and two, they want to know if the employees are happy. So if, if I'm a customer, I want to make sure that you know you're not some tyrant that's uh that's a, like whooping people with the with the whoop and you know and, and making them clean a the thousand rooms a, a night. I wanna I want to make sure that you since since my money is treating you happy, I want to make sure you're treating the people that treat me happy as well. So uh, I think uh, I, I I feel like they don't do a, a, enough employee testimonies uh, testimonials on uh, on social media. So I, I feel like that's a big, big misstep on the hotel's part.
1: Completely agree. When you see somebody who loves the place that they work, and you can see why they love the place that they work, it makes you more comfortable giving your money to that type of business. I, in hotels, any business, I don't care who it is, but. Especially hotels. If you see, you know, a housekeeper who loves the way that he or she is treated, at, you know, for someone who's kind of behind the scenes, right? But if you have that person come out to the forefront and say, "Here's why I love working at my company," mm-hmm. as the guest, you're like, "Oh, well, hell yeah! They treat everybody nicely. That means this is a this is a great place to stay." Well, I'll
0: build on that a little bit too. So, we've we're on our fourteenth uh, traveler cu- our COVID traveler customer sentiment study. We've been doing it since the early, really the first month of, of COVID. And one of the questions that we always ask is I would like to hear from hotels about the following topics. And the most recent, one we did when we did, which is typically where we see this though, is what the property is doing to protect staff and 42% of the people who respond say that that's very important for them to hear. And that's the same thing with, you know, from a testimonial perspective is, you know, if they hear that, um, me as a property, I'm protecting my staff, my staff is happy. And Bruce, to your point hear the testimonials of our happy team members, it's, it's a great way to, we always connect the two, like say, if you're in the, if you're a hotel business, you're an innkeeper, you're a hotelier, your job is to welcome someone into your home and make them feel at home. And you're not going to feel at home if you see the people who live there not happy
1: yeah if the front desk guy you dealt with is pissed off and then you see a housekeeper who doesn't do a good job yeah you probably aren't going to stay there again but if you have these people that are like no i love greeting you at the front desk i love you know the way that my company treats me i love you know I'll, I'll, I'll pass that back on to you well you're way more likely to book at that place so again perfect perfect example of the operations side helping the marketing side if we can push that type of messaging out on the website uh on your social media like you mentioned bruce we're, we're doing that all day long and so bruce how have you seen
0: it impacting just the the morale at the property in general
2: the the well think about it when 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 you're looking for a hotel or you're looking for a job at a hotel the first thing you're doing is you're like you're dumpster diving trying to find everything that you can about that location about that property where to be for the interview are we really just trying to figure out this is a place that you really want to work so a, a lot of a lot of hotels they're so old school they don't realize that you know we're in a new age people see you digitally before they see you physically so um i, I remember i went to a party uh a, a, a couples get-together and half of the couples that were there met each other online so hmm. and they were they were like i always, i was just about to s- swipe left on them <laughs> 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 and something told me to give him a chance. <laughs> so you know, we have uh, <laughs>
0: testimonials from former girlfriends and boyfriends, I guess. Too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so if if you're not looking good online, um, forget about it. You're, you're gonna you're gonna be lost.
1: I love it. That's that's another fantastic yeah. tip. It's solid. It's I kind of I think that leads us, you know, right into your next point too. Yes. Corporate testimonials. Listen,
2: if, if if you got big business, uh, you know you got the American Express, you got the Amazons, you got those big companies that are that that are part of your group business. Man, get testimonials from 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 those from those guys because by you attaching your, yourself to someone so big, it makes you look even bigger. So you you've got. It. Hey, I, I know a lot of people they build especially with sales like they build really strong relationships with those type of groups so they have the connection that they need to say hey you know what we're gonna go ahead and give you this amount of points because the company is paying for it so you can't cop the room it doesn't do anything yeah. for them." <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and give you this amount of points um if you could just you know do a quick testimony for us it will it'll only take 30 seconds to a minute and and that that is that would be huge that would yeah be huge. it's a
1: Bad debate tactic, fantastic marketing tactic that appealed to authority, right? Absolutely. You you get to say that XYZ is working for us and we're working with them, but it looks good on paper. And that's what the person trying to book a room wants to see. There you go. Well,
0: well, I mean, when you think about it in terms of, I always think of hoteliers as a group. We're kind of behind the power curve in marketing, specifically online marketing. Look at what software companies are doing. You cannot go find a single software company without having that logo thread of all the big name companies that they work with. Mm-hmm. It's it's just one way where you can say, "Hey, look, this person trusts me." Like you said, if it's if it's Amazon trusts me, then then who am I to not?
2: So, and yep. how many? Yeah. When you go to when you visit websites, like how many? How many logos that you see of big name brands or big name companies that actually stayed at the hotel?
1: Say, hey, but here's, this is our here's an easier that's our one. one. You know, my my TripAdvisor certificate of excellence. Yeah, that I was awarded, but I don't share anywhere. <laughs> but you put that up there. I mean, people, whether they <laughs> understand what, in, what went into it or not, or my, you know, do people even care about AAA? But AAA three dive and like, okay, that's a good property. That means it's a good property. People care. Put it up there. You mean you won an award? We do it from the marketing side. You know, we're a Google partner. I'm putting my Google partner badge up there, and I want people to know that we're, you know, we're reputable. Use that type of stuff, even if it's not a direct testimonial written out in sentence form. It can be a badge that you place on your site.
2: Hey, that's 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 the good thing about the the competition that I do is when I give out the award, I want I want the guest to know that I stand behind this hotel. That's why they won. You know, even though the the guests and the viewers are the ones that actually did the voting to get them to win, but we stand behind the hotel. That's why they won.
1: Yeah. So I mean, but that's 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 awesome, and that's why what you produce, Bruce, is so cool. Like you're you're actually on the ground doing this type of stuff and and, and showing the world. But you know, I hope, Pete, I hope we get the uh, the hotel marketing award from, from Bruce. <laughs> So, well, we can make it happen, what do we got give, me, give me the Bruce badge.
0: Yeah, oh, that's your little, little you know, snipe in the corner of our website. Bruce approved.
2: Yeah. I stand behind travel boom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. I'm recording that. That'll be little, yeah. so. Well, hey, Bruce, you had one more thing here too that we can do to help bridge the gap and, and help use operations to drive occupancy.
2: Yes, you you definitely have to re, re to uh, leverage your relationships with your vendors, especially your third-party vendors. Um, whether it be um, the person that you recommend to take photos, you could get free content um, from the photographer from the videographer that's um, that's taking photos on both sides. So what you'll do is you'll probably just give another comp room to the uh, to the to marry to the married couple that's looking. Uh, to get into the comp room, say, hey, you let us take pictures, you let us use us in, in your in our in our content. We'll just be more than happy to comp this room for you. What is it gonna cost you? 50 bucks, 30 bucks, you know, come on. And then of course you let the photographer know you'll be a preferred photographer. We will send you leads uh directly if you just let us use your your content. Um, the edited content you don't want the raw content <laughs> the edited content for for our social media and for our website and everything else for our YouTube. Um, the other thing is which a lot of I don't know why, but a lot of hotels don't take advantage of third parties when it comes to their supply vendors because when you attach your yourself to your supply vendors, whether it be a video or photo whatever your case may be, it does well for search because you have other people that are not in the hotel industry that use the same vendor. And your hotel will come up in the search just because you did a video or got a testimony and so so on and so forth you did a joint venture with that particular vendor so you'll have people that are able to see you that are not
1: even looking for you i like this
0: one we're good Phil.
1: i was gonna say we see this from from the seo side of marketing all the time if i can get uh a link from a photographer's website, from a videographer's website, from, you know, the the wedding planners in town, because, you know, we gave them a, a room. What did it cost me? It cost me housekeeping for a night, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. to let them come stay. And I get a link that's so valuable, even just from the SEO side. You can't pay, you can't pay $30 or $50 for a link. Number one, Google's going to catch you if you try, so stop it. But two, <laughs> like you're just just nobody how many outreach emails are you going to send to get that easy of a link from a likely reputable website in your town so from the seo side no brainer work with your third party vendors but but like like bruce is saying you know that's that's that can help everything so everybody from the operations side down pass that back to your marketing team marketing team can reach out can get things like links can get things like testimonials from third party vendors just leveraging those relationships it it's going to do wonders for you now the other
2: side is i don't I, I don't think i i see a lot of marketers as actually saying hey we need we need backlinks i don't care if they're tier 2 but we we need them <laughs> so that's i think that's the other side of the coin is just letting them know hey uh, it will be great if you can if you can uh, help us out getting these links so we can we can climb that climb the ladder on google
1: yeah, because it's likely not. It's not your marketing agency, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not reaching out to the the guy who took photos at your property last week because I don't know he was there.
2: Yeah. But
1: you on on property know he was there. You had a conversation with him. Send him my way. Let's let's you know have a conversation, or maybe I can put the material in your hands. So you can have that conversation, and then it's already facilitated, already agreed upon, and it's done without me even getting involved. And then everybody wins, right? That's, that, you know, marketing helping operations, operations coming back and helping marketing. There you go. There you go.
0: Uh, this is all just super interesting because like what I've learned today is, <clears throat> you know, obviously, you know, the first one we talked about was communicating with revenue management. That's critically important. Communicating with st- sales team, again, critically important. But the last three that we covered, employee testimonies, corporate testimonials, and third-party vendors, as a marketer, I will have zero access to any of those people without uh. operations. You know, it's like so like Phil and I are going throughout our daily day and we're looking at the social cues and the, the, con- the people that we come in contact with. as a marketer, especially for me, I'm off-site marketer, I would never have a, an employee review. I would never have the opportunity to even get an employee review, let alone a corporate or a, a third party without really relying on you know the other half of that coin, which is the operations side.
2: I I agree one hundred percent. And and a lot of times it's it's so funny, like they don't even get to meet the 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 marketing the the marketing company that's handling the marketing. It's it's weird. Like you would think there'd be like some type of onboarding meeting where everybody meet and you say, I need this from you, I need this from you, I need this from you. Anything, zoom, anything. And that Mm -hmm. never happens. So you you start off the relationship with the disconnect.
0: Well, you know, to be to be fair, though, a lot of times that happens. Mm-hmm. But again, that's siloed. I have a meeting with someone at the sea level, and we have an onboarding meeting with them. Maybe we go take a tour of the property, but we never sit down and, you know, take off the, the you know the fancy aspect of it and just have a whole conversation and back and forth. I think in a lot of times too is like we'll have the kickoff meeting, and if they're a client for two years who's even left over on the operations side possibly because of churn that even remembers that, Oh, I'm supposed to, you know, let Pete and Phil know because we are soft this time of of the year.
1: Yep. Yeah, totally agree, Pete. I think there's a, there's a handful of clients that, you know, we meet with their revenue management Mm -hmm. regularly. And Mm -hmm. when those, when that happens, we're infinitely, the the things we have in our um, arsenal it becomes, you know, it's, it's, it's so much better. It's so much bigger. We get to, we get to attack harder on the, on the proper times we're supposed to from the marketing side. Um, and, and we don't have to go through just our best practices, right? Because best practices are subjective. Um, it, it all depends on who we're working with when their soft times are, you know, if, if we could get more involved with revenue management, um, or you know, any any portion of operations, front desk staff. If if you're hiring a marketing agency like us, set up a regular meeting with the operations teams, mm-hmm. everybody wins. Operations wins, marketing wins. Just by just by having that that regular talk. Thirty minutes doesn't matter. Everybody wins.
2: Well one thing is for sure I'm I'm really impressed with you guys because I could I could count on two hands um, how many, how many marketing teams that actually have the knowledge that you have. Um, it's in the hotel industry. Like everybody specializes in, in, in hotel mar- in marketing, but very few of them understands hotels to the depth that you guys do, that you're actually able to communicate the message effectively across the board to the guests. So that's, uh, that's my problem that I've seen with, with other, other marketing companies that, that, doesn't have your expertise is that they're marketers, but they know nothing about the industry. So, yeah. so, so you guys are rare find.
0: Well, I, pre- I appreciate that, and yeah, you know, we weren't always that way. So, I guess it was back in two thousand seven. Or when did Phil? When did we go all hotel?
1: Pete, you're so far off. <laughs> I mean,
0: was it twelve? What was
1: it? Uh, probably fourteen. We went. Okay. Yeah, I think it was seven years after okay. your original. In 2012.
0: Guess. We did a name change, I think, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So we used to do a little bit of everything. You know, mm-hmm. We typically were in the uh, travel space. Okay. But it would be all kinds of stuff in the travel space, and what we found was you're constantly getting distracted by you know if it's a a technology company, if it's you know, a, an attraction apparel, anything, whatever like that. it might be is then all of a sudden you're doing a lot of things, but you're not doing any one thing really good. Yeah. So, so when yeah. we decided, okay, we are only hospitality. I spend every waking minute of my day, either on new sites, helping clients, but everybody I do, that knowledge is transferable to the next person I talk to. And I think that's where a lot of other marketing companies have a, a little bit of a disadvantage.
1: Thanks for letting us pop a shameless plug into our own yeah. podcast. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I love, I love working in the hospitality industry. The fact that I get, that I know it well now, uh, helps me speak to my clients better, um, helps us produce a better product. But, um, yeah, it's, thank you. I appreciate that, Bruce. Uh, um, greatness, my tires a little bit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. That's awesome. I, I, learned a ton today me personally and hopefully that all the listeners did as well uh bruce you have a whole bunch of stuff going on and what i want to do is i kind of want to turn the mic over to you and just get, give us the the shameless pro- plug of everything that we need to know to to become a big fan and follow you and all your your media
2: outlets okay okay cool cool um well as everybody knows uh, my company is hotel guest management um, and my, uh, my YouTube channel is uh, hotel guest management and the show that I, I have three shows I have hotel management dos and don'ts. I have true hotel leaders and I have the, the hotel insider and I'm on Instagram at text I'm on Facebook at text guest and you can find me on YouTube at at hotelyoutube.com will take you straight to my YouTube page. it's a straight redirect. I thought that was just the easiest way. Like everybody. <laughs> so hotel YouTube.com that'll take you to my YouTube page. And if you want to visit my, uh, my LinkedIn profile, just go to MJ And I'll take you straight to my, my LinkedIn profile.
1: And I encourage all of you listeners, go check this out. You know, Bruce lays it down in a fun video form. You know, he shows you what's, what's great. What's bad. I'm sure if he's never been to your property, he'd love to come. He would also give you the straight up, you know, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. It's, it's awesome. And even if, even if you don't bring him on, sorry, Bruce, (laughs) even if you don't bring him on, watching his episodes is going to give you an idea of, you know, it lets you compare your properties against the ones that he's visited. I love it. Your your stuff's great.
0: So tell me what is it actually that hotel guest management does?
2: uh, Hotel hotel guest management is actually a a consulting management company where we go in and we we turn around properties. Um, But our show was one to showcase our talents, and two we want to people don't really people for some strange reason they 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 respond to negative things in a positive way. So we take all the hotel negative aspects and we sell it to a guest in a positive light. So when we say your revenue manager, this hotel is great, but their revenue management sucks. It lets the guest know, okay, this is a good hotel, and I'm going to get a great deal. So,
0: very good. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll have all of your your links in the show notes. Uh, definitely, you know, check Bruce out everywhere he is because it's one of those things where if you're having problems with at your property, and if you are the a property owner and you need someone to come in and just look at it with a fresh set of eyes and bring a magnifying glass to what could be problems. He's going to find a lot of things that you didn't even know were issues and give you opportunities to correct those issues moving forward so that one, you're obviously more profitable, but you have better guest satisfaction, better reviews, and you know better throughout the entire, entire course of your existence as a hotelier. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's go ahead and wrap up this show. Uh, Bruce, we know where to find you. Uh, Phil, where can we find you though?
1: Find me on LinkedIn at, uh, Phil Fariska find me on Twitter at P Fariska, F-O-R-I-S-K-A.
0: All right. You can find me at Pete DeMaio, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O on LinkedIn. You can find us collectively at travelboommarketing.com. Uh, if you have any questions or you want us to dive into a a topic for you, or if you have anything else that you want to share with us, just hit us up at podcast at travelboommarketing.com. In addition to that, we are also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find us on our our socials there on the show notes. And that's who we are. So that's, uh, that is episode 202 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. Bruce, I greatly appreciate you being on. This was phenomenal.
2: Anytime, anytime.
0: All right, so so there you go. That one is in the books, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with the latest news, tips, and tricks for you to become the best hotelier that you can be. Thank you very much, and Travel Boom is out.
1: slice staff it's like okay we get it and then like slice marketing like wait
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah actually what's what's crazy is that they don't they don't understand that when you don't have the sales and when they when they get rid of sales all you have is revenue management and marketing to stand on so yeah. when you get rid of marketing, you just you just cut off your own foot like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're sitting dumb. there saying,
0: hey, look, we can save money on our electric bill by turning off this vacancy sign. <laughs>
2: like, that didn't do anything. Like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> I love that, Pete. That's the end of the episode hey, right that, there. That, that, <laughs> <laughs>